Okay, and welcome to the Sub-Zero Coffee Podcast. Today's episode is, we've got a very special guest, um, and he is a professional cricketer, and he's going to tell us a little bit about life as a professional cricketer, where specialty coffee mixes in with that, and how he enjoys his coffee on the road. So today's guest is Adam Zampa. Welcome, Adam. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. I've um, been involved in a couple of podcasts now, but none more exciting than doing one about coffee to be honest so i'm excited about this one well mate we're gonna we're gonna pick you unfortunately we're gonna, i'm gonna prick you pick your brain about a few cricket <laughs> things but we'll, we'll certainly get into the coffee um it's very interesting Beautiful. that i mean having worked in coffee in melbourne you, you see quite a few international celebrities and, and sports people come into the cafe that i used to work at which was saint ali and um and so but none of the none of the people that i've met through that have ever had the interest and level of interest that you have and and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later but mate, it's exciting to have you on and it's exciting to um, have you be such a genuine have for you to have such a genuine interest in coffee yeah mate i um yeah i don't know it's just uh obviously with the cricket side of things and being able to to travel the world that like i do and um you know i'd i'd basically call myself a bit of a nomad so i've I lived in Sydney because I grew I grew up in the south coast of New South Wales. So I lived in Sydney for a few years, and then playing cricket for the Melbourne Stars now as well. I've been there for five years, so I've been like around the coffee culture um, a little bit. But you know, like the typical coffee culture of the flat white cappuccino, mm. um, just hoping that the milk makes it taste good. Something that I used to be interested in, but um, yeah, I've taken more of an interest now around um, the roasting side of things and um, obviously looking after those small, um, I suppose, um, companies that, that roast in Australia and look after the, the farmers Absolutely. is something that um, is really important to me. Yeah, mate. Well, mate, like I said, we'll get to that a little bit later. First, uh, there's, a, there's a fair few people that I think would be listening to this podcast from overseas. Um I think Australia's recognised as a pretty, um, I guess it's a destination for coffee around the world. So we we do coffee, um, substant in obviously large amounts. And we Australians drink a very large quantity of coffee, but there's a very concentrated amount of talent, I guess you could say, in Australia with respect to the coffee industry. But I mean, just starting off with uh, with your life today, you obviously mentioned that you're born in Shell Harbour in New South Wales. So you're 28 years old. That's correct. Yeah, recently recently turned twenty eight, so I'm I'm getting on with it a bit when now. When was your birthday? Thirty uh, first of March. Oh, happy birthday! It wasn't long I ago a, at all. I had a lockdown birthday. Lockdown so. birthday. Well, <laughs> I'm looking forward to mine in August, so it should, should yeah, be. Exciting. I hope it's not. I hope yours isn't a lockdown birthday. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. So, did you <laughs> did you go to school in Shell Harbour? Is that? I did, mate. Very typical suburbia upbringing. Had. Um, very good parents who uh, looked after me cricket-wise, obviously being two hours south of Sydney mm-hmm. um, and being basically hailed as a country boy, it made it a little bit difficult to yep. to get places in cricket because in in Sydney you basically get first crack. So, yeah, I had a suburbia up, upbringing, lived close to the beach, parents worked hard for not a lot of money but looked after me and my sister really well. I went to a public school. Um, 
and yeah, just basically did whatever I can to be out of the house. When I was a kid, I loved cricket, loved rugby league as well, but <laughs> never had the build to be fan? any good at it. No, not surprising. I wasn't a Steelers fan and didn't go across with the merge. I, my dad's excuse for that is that he used to love watching Arthur Beaton, so he turned me into a, a Roosters fan. So <laughs> I've had a I've had a good time of it. Going for the cockies, the, the Chooks. Yeah, the Chooks. I'm a big Chook, Chooks fan. Um, I'm, I'm a Sharks man myself. Um, you know, growing up, Paul Gallen and Brett Kamali back in back in the day were some of my favourite players. And of course, uh, man, I, I um, yeah, I had a bit of a soft spot for the Sharks, to be honest. But um, yeah, Roosters are Roosters are my team, and I've, as I said to you before, I've had absolute. I have to. I thank Dad all the time for it because, you know. I can't. I like the amount of premierships that we've won since I've been born is <laughs> well, is ridiculous. <laughs> I was um I was in Japan last year in Osaka when the NRL Grand Final was on, and I can't remember what player it was, but um, can't the Canberra Raiders were supposed to get I would have thought another six tackles or someone someone had called six tackles and they didn't and. Um, <laughs> Like I've never seen so many screaming people in one room because it was all Canberra fans in this bar in Osaka, and uh, like, I don't know if they were Canberra fans, mate. I just think they weren't Roosters fans. If you're not a Roosters <laughs> fan, you, you never want the Roosters to win. That that's exactly right. It's kind of like yeah. um, the Magpies in the AFL, isn't it? It's a bit like that. Yeah, do, everyone, do ha- no, everyone hates the Roosters, which is absolutely fine with me. It's a little bit like Melbourne Stars in cricket too. No mm. one likes the Stars. Winners are grinners, eh? Yeah. Um, so, it. do you have an AFL team? I do, yeah, but I don't really want to bring this up if that's okay. Yeah, okay, I, all right. You can, you have, can play the fifth on that one. I, I had uh, an opportunity to win the premiership a couple of times in around about 2007 to 2010, but didn't quite get over the line, unfortunately. So. Oh, uh, yeah, I won't. It's been, uh, it's been hard yakka since then. Yeah, we won't go there then. <laughs> well... <laughs> On to you now. So you've obviously, in the last day, signed a new contract with Cricket Australia. Congratulations! Thanks, mate. Yeah, that's um, yeah, it's exciting. It's um, good reward. I think even today it got announced that we are the number one test team in the world, which I have absolutely no claim to. But yep. <laughs> we are the number one T Twenty team in the world as well. So it's been a pretty good twelve months for um, us as a as, as a squad, but. Yeah, good reward for me to to get a contract. It's a pretty exciting time. Well, that's a that's a good segue into sort of I've been I've been a avid observer of the test, and before before I go into that, um, I, I should explain to people how we met. So um, obviously, Sub Zero Coffee is my business, and we sell frozen coffee, of which you are clearly interested in, um, and. Basically, we, we put together a, a wine list of coffee, and I'm friends <laughs> with um, I'm friends with some guys from Canberra who also do th- do this for uh, their company is called Owner Coffee. And in talking with some of my friends from there, uh, Connor, who I believe you met, who you've met, Connor Tigwell. Um, yep, Connor with the glasses. Connor, big fella with the glasses. Um, lovely, bar- lovely barista. Lovely barista, and he has lots of. Just puts a lot of love into into his coffee. He does. He he's, he's he a does, loving yeah. guy, and and yeah. um, you know, he, there are there are some people who can just do it far better than others. And Connor's Connor's the um Connor's the head barista up there, and he 
he's he's a really class guy. But I was having a conversation with him, um, and you know we were talking about oh you know who who um do you have any sports people that come into your cafe because you know I, I find that quite interesting and you know we being having worked at San Ali you you you, you know Andrew Bogart and Paddy Mills have been there Joe Harris from the the Team USA was there not long ago when when I was yeah. still working there and. He dropped your name and he said, oh, yeah, Adam Zamba comes in quite a lot. And I thought, oh, geez, that's interesting. He said, yeah, and he just, he loves, like, he loves it. Like, he absolutely loves it. He doesn't just sit in there. He loves it. And he, he buys some of the more, like, some of the more insane coffees that we get. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I followed well, you. I, I, absolutely. And I think it makes a difference when, like, as I said to you earlier, with the small roasters and, people that put in effort with their coffee, it's so much different than going somewhere that I guess, I guess is just the opposite to that. And like Connor, the way that he spoke about coffee, the way that he explained it to me, how much he enjoyed making it and how like friendly he was, it makes mm. a huge difference to me where I want to buy and drink my coffee. And yeah, I just, um, yeah, I, I love whenever I'm in Canberra, I always it's the first thing I want to do is just go there. Yeah, well, there probably doesn't help that it's Canberra, but <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, you, you wouldn't imagine such a such a um, such an institution would arise from humble humble old Canberra. I mean, that's it. I always thought Canberra was just good for you know Parliament House whenever they sit, and you know lots of roundabouts, and <laughs> I know the snow's quite close, and um, that's it. it's but yeah, like own a coffee at game changers. But where I was going with this is that we were talking, your name popped up, and then. Uh, eventually you came to one of our pop-ups in um, in Melbourne and little did you know at the time that I'm actually a diehard cricket fan and um, it was we were, we were, I was very surprised to see you there and you know we were talking and 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 then obviously we've spoken a few times online and, and that's how you came on to the, came to be on this podcast so and then you were mentioned in a series that I've been watching called the test which is um, a obviously about the Australian cricket team. And for anyone listening, the Australian cricket team was involved in, um, I, I don't want to go on at length about this, but there was a, there was a ball tampering scandal, which resulted in, um, you know, some of our players being banned. And it was a really tough time for the Australian cricket team and for the Australian public as well. And the test is all about the redemption really of the Australian cricket team and what happened in the, in the months after that. Um, and Adam, I'd, Obviously, uh, I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen the? Have you seen the footage? All of it? Have you watched the series? I have. I hmm. have. Yeah, I've. Um, I think out of the eight episodes, I've probably watched six or seven of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically, you you got it exactly right there. It was. Um, it was a hard time for all of us. The the public obviously see cricket as a huge way of life. Um, I guess the Australian media are, are pretty savage with everything that happens in sport in Australia and um, yeah. And, and I think ever since when basically the, the documentary is, it's definitely worth a watch. It's about when Justin Langer, our current coach took over and we needed to change a few things and, and earn the respect back. So um, yeah, it was a bloody bizarre time having a camera in your face the whole time. Um, well, but I have this theory um, about Australian cricket and that's where, and that is that, when the, the the general feeling of well-being and happiness in Australia is always contingent upon the success of the Australian cricket team, and and to give you an example, when when you and I were growing up, um, you know, 
the era of the the Shane Warns and the Glenn McGraths. <laughs> you had Matthew Hayden and Justin Langer when he was an opening batsman for Australia. I think they were much happier times. And then, and then when they all retired, you know, we, we had a, a, a slight dip. You know, we've got very talented cricketers and have had the whole way through, you know, our, our story as a cricketing nation. But, you know, the I think certain teams overtook us after that, you know. Were they the dream team of Australian cricket, do you think, that, that era? Yeah, definitely. I think even as a, like, as a young guy growing up, we almost won too much. You ended up bloody hating them. They yeah. won so much. He wanted the other. He wanted to give the the small countries a a crack. But I actually I laugh at it a little bit now because I, actually when I was like thirteen or fourteen, I remember watching India play Australia, and I loved Sachin, mm. and I actually wanted. There was one series in Australia where I wanted India to have a bit of success, and now when I'm playing against India and they're smacking us all over the park, I laugh about it and go, "Fuck! I wish I didn't." wish those things when I was a kid because <laughs> yeah careful what you wish wanna, for yeah exactly but um yeah I guess it is it's a really it's an important part of our summer in particular you know when you're driving you listen to it on the radio and if you're at home you watch it you watch the test match or you you watch the ODI at, at night time so ODI um, being the it, one day international for anyone that doesn't watch cricket it's a different format it. of the game and and of course you're in the ODI team and the 2020 team yeah, so it is. Uh, it's an important part of the Australian culture. So um, you know, after the the Cape Town ball tampering scandal, um, yeah, we needed to kind of fix our reputation a little bit. So I think um, we've gone a long way since then with winning the Ashes and guys like David Warner and Steve Smith who have come back in the team and done really well um, and done everything that they've been asked to basically. So it's. It's a good documentary to watch. It gives you a good insight as to yeah. what we talk about and what we get up to from away from the game. Well, it is it is interesting because in in the series, Justin Lager seems to he puts a big emphasis on culture, and um, he's obviously seems like quite a quite a lovely guy himself, quite a loving guy, and he he really uh, urges you all to embrace your individuality, I guess. And there's Obviously, quite a bit of footage between yourself and Marcus Stoinis being a bit, being um, you know, being a bit, having a bit of a bromance, which I've got to say is, um, I think it's a good, good example to set for a lot of Australians because Australia's identity as a country is ever evolving, and you know we're becoming more and more accepting of different things and different, uh, different personalities and sexualities and all sorts of things. And I think from having watched that as just a, a um, you know a regular citizen to, to see cricket cricketers behaving like that. It's refreshing because, you know, gone are the days of um, Simon Kadich, Michael Clark sort of sparring matches in the change room. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about that, but let's talk about Stoyan and I. Mm. Um, that's actually something that Marcus and I speak about a little bit um, is just trying to keep it real. You know, like we, um, we get to tour together so much and you get so much time away from home. And same as any job, you see the dark side of it as well. So yeah. um, it does get tough. So we just try and keep it as real as possible, give out as much love as we can, um, particularly to each other. But, yeah, we just try and have a good time and and um, try and be ourselves as much as possible. Like I think in sports people in particular, they can get away from that a little bit. Um so, yeah, we just, as I said, yeah, we just keep it real and 
be ourselves and try and enjoy living the life that we're living. Like we're playing cricket for Australia, which yeah is it's a, it's a dream, but mm. we don't want to get away from the fact that um, you know being an, your individual self is important too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, you know, watching um, Mitch Marsh in the series, you know, he seems quite an excitable fellow. And yeah, it just, it just <laughs> seems like, um, you know, Usman Khawaja's got quite an interesting personality. And yeah, it's, uh, I like watching um, Adam uh, Mar- Marnus Labuschagne as well. He, he's an interesting cat too. Absolute nerd, mate, is yeah. Marnus, but um, great fella. Yeah. He's um very, very nice guy. And um. Yeah, that's oh, that's the one thing that you want is just see nice guys doing well, and he's absolutely on top of the world at the moment. So um, yeah, there's some there's some great personalities in there. Like Mitch Marsh is so funny. Mm. He's so good. He's great in that documentary, and <laughs> um, you know, and blokes like Usman, who I guess being who he is and having his background and where he's from, and he's always had to have his own back kind of thing. So yeah, um, you absolutely. see that a little bit in the documentary too, where. You know he's he's not what he's not one to like not like, he's not one to steer away from his feelings and mm. and say what he wants to say and feel how he wants to feel so um yeah it's really important like he's he's one guy too who you know you have conversations with personally about how he just wants to be himself and um which he which he does yeah and he's held in high regard by you all clearly um I think my favorite thing in the test series was obviously seeing you brew some really fine filter coffees in, in, in the series. And there's a scene for anyone who goes on to watch the test that's listening to this yeah, where in Adam's hotel room in India, um, Marcus Stoinis uh, comes into the change room and you're brewing some, and you're brewing some coffee. And I did notice that you had some disciple beans, a local Melbourne roaster who, who I know you adore. Um, and also in, the stands while while a game's on, you're brewing coffee, and I must say, I I just absolutely loved it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like it's literally the first thing that I think of when I'm traveling, particularly to places like like the only place where we tour where I can think of a good place to get coffee is probably England. Like they're starting to step up their roasting game and specialty coffees is actually pretty good now, particularly in places like London. But mm. when we go to places like India and other Asian places, like the coffee there is just, it's always milky and I'm vegan. So I don't drink yeah. cow's milk and it's hard to get your hands on it. So once I started to learn about filter coffee, um, which has probably been a three year journey for me now, but um, like I always travel with it. Always. It used to be an AeroPress setup that I had, but now I just go full on with the, v60 setup um so yeah you you see it in the test it's um it's actually that was filmed a year ago and i've stepped up my game even more now i have like a a pelican case that i take it all in now so yeah i um, um i myself i i when i travel and i've when i go overseas well i've had to go overseas for work a few times there's a, there's a bag you can get from a store called muji and they okay. just they're, they're just the perfect size for all your kettles and stuff like that for anyone listening or yourself adam Go to Muji, you can get one of those bags, you can fit all your kettles in and everything, and it fits nicely in your suitcase, provided it's the right size. I'm going to look into that for sure. Mine doesn't go in my suitcase, so mine is carry-on. Yeah, that's right. How much I, that's how much I need it, because in 
when you're traveling around for the Australian cricket team, all of your um, suitcases and like luggage basically gets left out the night before you go to another destination. So mm-hmm. you don't get your hands on it the morning that you leave. And obviously, what do you want to do when you wake up? Have a cuppa. In yeah, exactly. You need to have a cup of coffee. So the the Pelican case comes with me everywhere on tour. So um, yeah, you see in that particular documentary i actually got a um the kettle that i'm pouring out of was a gift from the blokes at disciple they actually zach from bayano the rebel he's an absolute legend i know the guy i know him he's they're all legends at that place oh absolutely shout out to disciple absolutely i can't speak highly enough of those guys zach at bayano and and mars who um i think he has a he's um Foot in all of those doors. I think it's Bayano, it's Admiral Monk, Cheng Ho, Dharma, yeah, Admiral Admir- Cheng Ho, all those all those places. They do great food and great coffee, but even like just better people. And Zach gave me that kettle that you see in the documentary. But um, I take I take my electric kettle with me everywhere now. That's probably been the go for the last eighteen months or so. Um, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely love having my coffee on tour. It's like the first thing that I pack, mate. And is everyone is everyone always you know circ- circling you in the mornings? I noticed Justin Langer had a, had a sip of your coffee on in in a scene while you're getting on the bus. Does everyone sort of you know say, oh, you got any more like coming around, Adam? Or? Well, to be honest with you, I, <laughs> I like being pretty um, introvert, so I don't really let people into my life that. Well, and if they're not going to appreciate the coffee that I'm making, I won't bother. So if like most people will see a black coffee and think it's just a black coffee, tastes mm. like a long black. But if you're not really going to sit there and and respect the process and taste what it actually tastes like, then I'm not going to let you in. So, um, you know, most people will still go with the crap old um, South Indian milky yep. and respect to the Indians. They, they probably have their own process that they – really respect themselves, but me, myself, I love the V60 coffee. I love the process of it. I love the smell of it, the grinding. Um, so, mm. yeah, I have JL who always sniffs around. He loves his black coffee now ever since I've made him one. So yep. he's got a little setup himself at playing an AeroPress. So um, a few blokes actually have their own. Um, I think Pat Cummins, for example, he has a NanoPress no. on tour. So, a lot of guys prepare okay, but um, you know I've got Alex Carey, who's a good friend of mine, who who drinks V60 himself. So I'll, I'll make him coffee, and Kane Richardson, who's also a very good friend of mine, he he likes drinking V60 too. So I'll let a few people in, mate. But you have to you have to respect it a bit. You can't just come in and oh no, you can't just once once every now and then and pretend you like it just to drink coffee. You have to there's a there's a rule for the love cafe, as I like to call it. Yep. There's, it's not just a walk on start, is it? No, exactly. You need to earn your spot. So, and, um, and just, uh, while t- touching on the love cafe, you have a, let's, let's plug this. You have a, a package going with alternative <laughs> brewing for anyone who wants to buy some brew gear. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. I, um, did a little collaboration with alternative brewing. I just, um, it, it was basically after the documentary, I think, um, mm. you know, you had a lot of, 15 to 25 year old guys who watched it and I guess um, 
were interested in what I was doing. So I thought it'd be cool to have an option there for people to buy V60 pack. Um, so yeah, if there's a link on my Instagram, which is Zampstagram, but yeah, on the link, it's just, a. I think you get the kettle, you get the, the hand grinder, you get the, the cone, you get a few other things in it as well, but it makes it a lot simpler. What 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 actually started your interest in drinking coffee? I mean, everyone like I mean, we all have a. I started passively drinking coffee myself, and then you know, personally, I just had this one coffee that you know I thought, oh my goodness, that that does, that's not coffee. It was so good. What what was your journey? How did how did it come to be with Adam Zamper and Specialty Coffee? It was the same, basic basically the same as you. I um I actually so as I said to you earlier, I, I play cricket for the Melbourne Stars. Um, and Kevin Peterson, who was the Stars overseas player, is a pretty big deal. He got a tattoo in Melbourne, and I said I had I did not have a tattoo on my body, and um, I said to him, "Where'd you get that done, mate?" And he gave me the name of the guy, mm. and I um I went and organised to get my first tattoo that summer, which was um I think the summer of maybe 2015 16. Mm-hmm. Um, went and got this tattoo. His his name's Mick Mick Squires, the tattoo artist, and now he's turned into a very very good friend of mine. But at the time, I spoke to him about how I was vegan. He his wife is vegan. Um, he gave me a lot of good restaurants to go to in Melbourne because I didn't really know Melbourne that well back then. And and one of them was Monk Bodhi Dharma. So um, I went there one day. Took Harriet there, my my fiance. Um, and we absolutely loved the food there. Like if you took away Disciples specialty coffee there, it would still be our favourite cafe in Melbourne just for the food. Mm. But um, they have a, the menu on a on a chalkboard up there and it had specialty coffee written up on it and I just was intrigued by what it said on it. It had Panama, Jose Alfredo, $150 on it. And I was like, Panama? Jose Alfredo, can someone explain that to me? So I asked about it and they said, oh, it's just a specialty coffee. It's brewed in a certain way. And I was like, brewed in what way? And they said, oh, it's a V60 pour over. And I said, what, do you have milk with it? And they said, no, no. And I said, oh, look, I don't want to pay $150 for a coffee, but I'm intrigued by it. So um, what's something for 20 bucks? And they said, oh, we'll, we'll brew you a, um, a Panama Giulietta. And I was like, Beautiful. Okay, no worries. I'm going to be intrigued by this. And it just, like, it blew my mind. I think the, f- the first time it was a bit like, yeah, it's like almost like having a tea, but then it probably hit me that I was like, this is still coffee, but it actually tastes like cherries, like mm. fairy floss. Like, and the more you wait, the more it cools down, the the more it tastes like Turkish delight or something like that. Yeah. So it's interesting that just, you you say Jose Alfredo because the best filter coffee I've ever had was um, was uh, a Jose Alfredo. So that's produced at a farm in Panama called Ninety Plus Ninety Plus Gaucho Estates, and Jose Alfredo would be one of their lots or their signature series. And um, it's like a the lot I had was like a lactic fermentation, and I won't go too into detail on that. But you're right; it's like it's just it's so intense that you kind of, for me, sometimes I don't even think I'm drinking coffee. It's like this sweet fruit cordial or something. No, exactly. Exactly right. And basically that's, that's how my journey started with it. So, you know, I, every time I'm in Melbourne, it's the first thing I do is go to Monk and have breakfast, have the umami mushrooms there and 
order myself a coffee, but I think it just got to the point where I was like, if I can make this myself, I will. So got my own V60 set up and it's just gone to a new level since like obviously started playing for Australia a bit more, doing a lot more franchise cricket. So having to go overseas and do your own research on where to get coffee. So I just, yeah, I have my own setup with me all the time, but yeah, like I, I have to agree with you. My favourite coffee it would have to be Jose Alfredo. I, I was lucky enough to get my hands on some from from Mars, who um, who owns Disciple. He he made me a Jose Alfredo, and it was it was mind blowing. It was like I was having chocolate milkshake with rum and raisins, and I don't know. It was mm. it was ridiculous. Well, interesting. Uh, that same farm actually sold the most expensive coffee ever, which was I think they called the the Maker Series. And for one kilo, it was like $10,000 or something. So, you know, for you to buy even a single cup of that would probably cost 300 bucks plus and, <laughs> and, and you wouldn't even be making money, but that's... Probably worth it. Yeah, it's a flavor experience. And, you know, I think this, exactly. is, this is where we're going with, with coffee is that, you know, um, people are so willing to drop, you know, hundreds of dollars on a bottle of wine um, because they... They have a perceived val- they you know they recognize the perceived value of wine, and I think we're yeah. getting there with coffee. There's um, you know you don't have to buy a, a thirty dollar cup of coffee or a ten thousand dollar a kilo a cup of coffee to get something absolutely you know lip smackingly outrageous in flavor. You can buy something a bit more modest price and it's still outstanding. Uh, and there's degrees to this, but um, yeah, I think where we're going and and this is why I love talking to people like you, Adam, is that um, you know we're starting on this journey where you know professional cricketers or regular regular punters can come and enjoy outstanding cups of coffee and celebrate it yeah i cannot agree with you more and i think like it's a very good point you make about the wine side of things and people talk about 900 bottle of wine that's ridiculously special and tastes like a certain certain thing but i think yeah we're getting to that point with coffee um and i think the the more like the most important side of coffee now is that you know when when you when you're paying a twenty dollars cup for a good coffee or fifty dollars or a hundred dollars or eight dollars for a good cup of coffee it's going back to the right place too it's going to a small business it's going to mm. a small farmer it's going they're looking after their workers and you're not if you go to a Starbucks or you know I don't want to throw anyone under the bus here but if you're paying small amount of money for a coffee then there's a very good chance whoever made it's not getting reaping the rewards that they deserve for it too so um it, it swings and roundabouts but i think that's one of the most important things about the coffee when i'm drinking it is that i'm also thinking about where it's come from and who's made it and who's put in the effort like it's people just buy their takeaway coffee and and walk around the cbd with it and they don't really think about mm. where it's come from and and how it's gotten to their into their hands i think that's that's what really sucks for me so i think the specialty coffee world and i think the almost like not a cult but like just the group of people that it's turning into um coffee drinkers and coffee lovers is is really important yeah and you raise um you raise some good points there about uh the i guess the supply chain of coffee because uh coffee when you're working in specialty coffee, so specialty coffee is classed as um, anything, so coffee scaled on a, a grading system of 0 to 100, um, anything above 80 is considered specialty. And I think when you're working in the industry or, or you're 
you um you consume coffee uh, specialty coffee there's almost like an implied um sense of uh, looking after people i guess you could say and you know when you're buying you know quality coffee and you're paying a little bit more than you know your standard four dollar latte you're supporting farmers and you're supporting people you know being paid properly which is obviously a, a huge issue in the industry and you know coffee unfortunately is going through a bit of an existential crisis at the moment on in, on two fronts there's there's climate change which is which is affecting uh, coffee you know in a, in huge ways and, and it will into the future and then secondly you know we're in the middle of a global pandemic and it's really altering the way people consume coffee so um, you know I think it's fantastic that you're advocating for it uh, Adam yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think it's, yeah, as I said to you before, it's really important to me that people look at things in that way, you know, like we've, we've gone through bushfires and people get around the community and it was awesome to see how Australia pulled together for that. And, um, you know, we're going through a pretty tough time together now and everyone's pulling together and the results are, are there are speaking for themselves. So I think, um, you know, once we really look at everything we're doing and, the way that we're doing it, like the, even if it's the small things like making a cup of coffee and thinking about where it comes from and where the money goes to, it's that kind of person is really important to me. And I think it's the same with, you know, like, as I said to you briefly before I'm vegan. So I guess I kind of have that installed in me anyways, thinking about where things come from. But um, yeah, we do, we have, we have a bit of a crisis, but I think, you know, if we come out at this, the other side and thinking about, um, looking after each other, it's yeah, it will be sweet. The, the I guess the the one consolation to come out of this is that I was speaking to a, um, I had on the podcast a few days ago a prominent person in in, in the industry named Ross Quayle, and he had sort of uh, done some analysis that people aren't actually drinking less coffee right now; they're just consuming it in a different way, um, and obviously that being at home. So for anyone listening now and and listening to to Adam, who's really empowered himself to be able to make outstanding coffee at home. Um, support your local coffee uh, shop or coffee roaster and, and buy buy some buy some outstanding coffee, treat yourself and do, do, do some uh, research on it. You know, look, look back like Adam has and, and enjoy it. Um, Adam, who are some of your other favourite roasters that you, you – you've mentioned Onan, you've uh, mentioned Disciple. Who are some of your other favourite roasters that you like? Uh, yeah, owner and disciple would have to be two of my favourite. I just think, yeah, the experience that I've had at those places is, has made a huge difference. Um, I think to places like London and uh, a place in Shoreditch in particular called Origin Roasters, which was mm-hmm. great. Um, uh, Proud Mary uh, also do some great coffee. Down here in Melbourne? Uh, down down in Melbourne, Um yeah, they're just a, a couple. There's a there's a place, a great place in Brisbane, a cafe called Vladimir, and they um they have a really good range of coffee too, and look after their local Queensland suppliers too. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think the best way to do it is to keep local. And being who I am and where I've been in Australia and the world, if you have any questions around coffee, like um you know I've I've been to quite a few different roasteries and cafes around. I've, I um I have a fair idea of where to get good coffee from, but um yeah, Sub Zero. Get in get in touch with Sub Zero. Oh, you're a gentleman. Thanks thanks for the support. <laughs> have you um have you been have you been and seen my good mate Heath at uh, Third Time Lucky in Adelaide? No, you, well, actually, you should go there. He's he's 
He's the former Australian Brewers Cup champion, serves owner coffee, and I believe has a reserve menu at his cafe as well. So, um, yeah, if you're interested, go visit Heath. I will do. I will do. I'll um, I'll get there before I leave Adelaide. So yeah, and there's also a place in Adelaide called My Kingdom for a horse that um do a pretty good cup of coffee too. Excellent. Um, just on that, uh, are you aware that there is a filter brewing competition called Brewers Cup? I do. I am aware of it. I that's all I'm all I know about it though. I'm just aware of it. Well, in it, uh, long story short, you have to you have to make three three filter coffees, um, and you know whoever makes the tastiest one effectively wins. Um, do you reckon you'll be interested in competing in it one day, mate? Definitely. But like Let's you, do it. You could you could be like a bit of a Michael Jordan, you know, step out of you know your your, your original vocation, dominate another sport, and then go back to it. One hundred percent. And even if I don't win, I don't mind. I just love to get try and have a crack at something outside of cricket. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I reckon you'd kill it, mate. And I, um, I had the pleasure of going to, um, going to Brazil in 2018, um, for for some work. I went to Bolivia and Brazil, and in Brazil, I watched the World Brewers Cup Championship and got to try try some of the coffee backstage. It was outstanding, and um, mate, I reckon you'd look good up there. I reckon you'd, I reckon you'd kill it. I can imagine. I'm gonna. What I'm gonna have to do is, though, I'm gonna have to come with you to a couple of those before I can basically perform in it otherwise i'm just gonna have absolutely no idea but um yeah i'd like like mad even thinking about going to anything like that it starts me i just like love love coffee and yeah just it's a game changer mate well here's my offer to you if you decide to join i'll coach you i'll help you get a coffee i'll help you do anything you want i want adam zampa to be the world brewers cup champion it would be awesome bloody uh, the king of the coffee the king of the coffee mate that is you <laughs> The leg spin, the leg spin and brew king. That's it. It's How a, good. It's got a bit of a ring to it. Just on that, who uh, back to cricket for one for one uh, moment, who's your favorite yep. player of all time? Like doesn't who's who's your favorite player? God. Um, the traditionalist in me is saying the obvious, which would be Shane Warne. Mm. He changed the game for all of us, but probably not in a good way. Everyone everyone expects us to bowl like him now, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I like, particularly I, I love T20 cricket. So I love watching guys like Rashid Khan um, and blokes who just smack it out of the park, like Andre Russell. Um, I, I love Glenn Maxwell as well. He's one of my favourite players. I also get to play with him quite a bit. But um, yeah, I just see some of the stuff that these guys do and wish that I could do it. So um, I'm going to go with Rashid Khan. He's best T20 player of all time and has, has changed the game. Yeah, and, and obviously T20 becoming a big part of the game. Um, my favourite cricketer is not for on-field reasons at all. It's just because he's probably the funniest person. I watch YouTube videos of him all the time. Skull, Kerry O'Keefe. Mate, he's a cracker. Absolutely oh. cracker. And he's part of the leg spin brotherhood too. So I just, I just can't get over how funny he is. And, you know, if anyone listening, go look up Kerry O'Keefe. Um, he's, he, he's an old timer, used to play in the seventies. Um, probably could even be the funniest man alive. You love a laugh just at his laugh too. Oh yeah. It's outstanding. It's absolutely <laughs> outstanding. It's, it's one of the funniest things that you'll, you'll ever see. Um, back to coffee now. Do you think you'd, do you, have you been to a coffee farm? Actually, no. And that's the one thing that always irks away at me is the fact that, um, 
I haven't I haven't even had the opportunity to have the time to go. Um, you know, I'd love to go to like Colombia or something or, or Panama just to go to a coffee farm. But that's one thing that I really haven't ticked off in my coffee journey is is going to a coffee farm. So that's well, mate, that's, sure. that's next. Yeah, well, man, I'm sure you could. Uh, you know, when once the restrictions that are in place now are over, I'm sure you could organise it. How many how many months off do you or weeks off do you get a year? Because you know, from my understanding, you have the Australian summer. You would play county cricket, and I think you've had a stint in the IPL as well, being the Indian Premier League. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty dependent on what we basically choose we want to do. Um, but yeah, usually we get maybe four weeks off a year. Um, mm. And if you play IPL, basically you get no weeks off. So um, this is the longest period of time that I've had off in my professional career. Enjoying so I'm it? making it. Oh, mate, you have no idea. Mm. I'm, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it as much as I can. It's been a bit of a stressful time with the move of the house and selling our house in Adelaide and, and getting up to New South Wales. But, um, yeah, it's all pretty exciting. I actually am now proud I have a bit of property in Byron Bay. So um, it's all happening. Why are you moving to, to, to New South Wales, Adam? I mean, you can, you can reveal this because this won't be released in time for that story to be... <laughs> Um, superseded? Um, uh, it, it's basically I, I moved away from home mm. when I was 20 or 21 for opportunity to try and play a bit more first-class cricket for South Australia, and um, which which did and which I did, and it was a great opportunity and basically it was a great platform to me to getting into the Australian team. But being mm. 28 now and thinking of starting a family and thinking about the next stage of our life, it's time to get home. You know, I'll be close to my family again um and yeah it's just my fiance she's from queensland and has a lot of family in northern new south wales too so it's um yeah we're getting closer to the family which is pretty awesome in these weird times like you know yeah, absolutely. you sit around you sit around at the moment and think about all the sacrifices that everyone has to make for 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 this and you just think god being close to family sounds like heaven yeah no and you know congratulations on 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 making the move and there's actually um you know, if you when, when you when you're next in Byron, there's a there's a specialty coffee farm there um, that uh, a, a guy na- by the name of Danny Andrade is now running. Um, uh, if you're interested, when when you're next in Byron, let me know and we'll organise you to go visit it or something. It'd be a pretty interesting insight. 100, percent mate. I think I'll be up there very soon. So let's sort that out. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, well, mate, you've been very generous with your time tonight, so I won't keep you for too much longer. But um, yeah, is there any if, if there's anything you wanted to to say about coffee or anything? You know, we obviously promoted your alternative brewing. So if you're um, if you're wanting a, a brew kit, if you're interested in making coffee Adam Zampa style, go on to his Instagram, which is Zampstagram, or you can go on to alternativebrewing.com.au, and there is a there's a brew kit called the Love Cafe Kit. So. That's correct. And we also have got a little bit of merch coming out soon. It's going to be a sweet corduroy hat. Merchandise. Mm, so watch out for those. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really have much more else to say. I just think if everyone listening just keeps it real and looks after their local coffee roasters and cafes, I think that's pretty important going forward for our country. Yeah, and mate, I, uh, I thought I'd say this to the end because uh, – you know, I didn't want to pull on the heartstrings too much during the during the um, during the podcast, but I during the summer we obviously had some some pretty horrific bushfires, and Australia has been 
enduring a, a, a horrible drought for the last few years. And and uh, I believe it was yourself, Peter Siddle and Kane Richardson started a fundraiser called Wickets for Wildlife in which you've raised, from what I last saw, uh, uh, approximately $37,000. Is that is that around the ballpark? Yeah, that's about it. I think originally we um, we uh, set out to make about 30 grand, 10 grand each. We thought would be a pretty good contribution, but we've um, we upped it to 50. So if anyone wants to make some last minute um, donations to that, that'd be great. But yeah, I think, you know, as I said to you, I'm a vegan, passionate vegan. Mm. Um, Peter Siddle's been vegan for eight years and Kane Richardson's been vegan for a few years now himself. So we thought if we put our heads together and raise some money for wildlife, because there was a lot of voices out there that were, you know, looking after the Red Cross, which was absolutely amazing. Um, But, Mm. you know, there was a, a lot of wildlife out there that, struggled through the um well yeah i think it's i think last uh, estimates were over a billion animals perished uh in the bushfires which is um probably Crazy. in terms of landmass one of the biggest fires that's you know ever happened on the earth ever so um yeah. is that a dog in the yeah. background what's your what's your dog's name uh i do have two dogs i've got a greyhound rescued greyhound oh beautiful yeah abe abe he's a bit of a silly boy actually you call him Peanut brain. Peanut brain. Um, and we got a bulldog as well, rescued bulldog Zadie. She's a bit of a ball of muscle. So. Yeah. Um, um, question on Peter Siddle. Are the stories about his banana consumptions consumption true? No. So he doesn't eat 30 bananas a day? No. Puts a bit of mayonnaise on that, actually. He, um, <laughs> I think he probably has one a week, but got him a bit of fair time, didn't it? Yeah, no. Well, I mean, um, you know, it's like a, it's like a folk legend, but... Um, it's you know, better than him advertising steak. Let's put it that way. It, it's much better than him advertising steak in that context. But uh, yeah, congratulations on 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 raising all that money. And I guess on behalf of um, on behalf of Australian cricket fans, thank you for doing that because it's it's um, you know you're not expected you know in your private time with your own money to to make such a donation or to put such effort into a cause, but. You know, I guess you, you uh, yourself, Peter and Kane showed great leadership as as cricketers and members of the community in doing that. And you know, thank you. And we all felt it as Australians. It was it was you know, every I think every single Australian felt the pain of that summer. And you know, congratulations again, mate. And um, and and thank you as well for being such a good ambassador for the coffee industry. And I think you've got a wonderful um, a wonderful future ahead of you in that. And look forward to seeing you take out gold in the World Brewers Cup in the years to come. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. It's been um, a bit refreshing talking about coffee, so something I love to talk about. So let's do it again. Yeah, and when you're in Melbourne, mate, let's uh, let's catch up and, and, and have a cuppa and tell a few gags. Beautiful. Sounds uh, good. Thanks, Adam. And, uh, yeah, for anyone, once again, Alternative Brewing for the Love Cafe kit. Uh, we've got some merch coming soon. And follow Zamstagram on Instagram. For, for more updates. Beautiful. Thanks, right. mate. Thank you.